0: Welcome back to the Stench of Adventure Creators Q&A. In this section, we're going to delve into some questions regarding the writing and production of the show. Enjoy.
1: What's the news? All righty. Well, the news. What's the next question? Oh, okay. This is a fun question. We might need to kind of divide it up, but I'll, I'll let you do that. Um, no? This is from Arlie. Uh, nice. What's the creative and production process like?
0: oh wow that's a big question oh Indeed. baby <laughs> how about how about this i will start the answer and and y'all can chime in when we get to your respective parts of the process perfect yes yeah, yeah um yeah. okay so the first part is the writing part. Also, things are, I should say, writing the first season is kind of different from writing future seasons because when I first started writing this show, I was like, I didn't know who would be interested in working with me. I had no idea like what was going to happen. I just opened Google Doc and started writing. Went bananas. And, <laughs> yeah, just went wild. And I kind of have this belief that um, just for my personal creative. Process. I don't really like to let people know too much about a project before I'm significantly into it, because I worry that the more people know about it, the more I'll be extrinsically motivated to write it as opposed to intrinsically motivated. And I like to keep my motivation as intrinsic as possible. Uh, So I kind of kept it a bit of a secret in the beginning. No one really except my partner knew that I was working on it. And then once I was like, had written enough of the first season that I was like, oh, this is happening. This is real. That's when I contacted Grace and was like, hey, I wrote a podcast. Let's make it. So once I had the first drafts of the scripts on Google Docs, I then moved it over to a uh, formatting program so that I could put it into script format. A, so that it looks fancy. B, so that I had a reason to be going through all of the scripts and basically copy editing, and also just like regular editing and rewriting and such. Uh, And also because of timing, because when you have something in script format, you know basically exactly how long it's going to take. So the page length is going to equal how long every episode was going to be. And I could realize things like, oh my God, episode four is going to be 40 minutes long if I don't split it into two episodes. Things like that. Uh, Once everything was all properly formatted, I was comfortable with the, I had a few readers look at the scripts. I had my partner, Noah, read the scripts and give me feedback. Uh, I had my father look at the scripts. Uh, Grace also took a look. Uh, Noah was the one who gave me the most feedback, I, but it definitely changed the most when I was reading it to him. Once I was ready, I thought about, okay, who are actors that I know who I think would be good for this? I really don't like the way that Audition processes are typically run. I try to eliminate as much as I possibly can rejections and hurt feelings and anything that feels unfriendly. So instead of doing an open audition process, especially for a project that was so new and I didn't know how it was going to go, I just asked people who I thought, okay, you're responsible. You will be interested in this. And I know you'll be good for this role. Or I know you'll be good in a role. I asked people, I gave a sheet that had the descriptions of the characters. I sent it out to everyone who had expressed interest to me or who I had reached out to and said, hey, are you into this? And they said, yes. I sent that out to everyone. They told me maybe two or three characters that they were interested in voicing. And then we had something resembling an audition except my rule was and still is if you want to be in it you can be in it uh so i listened to them in the different roles and whichever role i felt they were best suited for that's what i put them in i sent a little casting email i said hey gang this is what you're going to be doing and then once everyone was cast and we were ready to record that's when we had to start scheduling recording sessions grace That was you. That's me.
2: Okay, so Google Calendar is my king. I got Google Calendars from everyone and then just... Every week I would, well, first, oh, it was so much spreadsheets, baby, oh, baby spreadsheets. Um, so we like divided the scenes up and then divided it by like page number and then divided by, by characters. And we, I scheduled it through like character combos. So like, these are all the scenes that Baz and Stella and these are all the scenes with Baz, Stella and Puppet. These are all the scenes with blah, 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 and so on and so forth. And then from there, it was a lot easier to schedule. So we didn't do it by, like, we're doing scene two today. It was by, like, these characters, we're going to get these scenes done. And a lot of it, we didn't get done, like, in that amount of time. So then we would just schedule more. And there was a lot of rescheduling because life, baby. So I was managing PST, um, CST, is that Central Europe? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Cest um, Cest, yeah. it's so nasty that you have to say I'm incest.
0: Oh, in oh. <laughs> that's, well, that's why I don't say that. That's why I just say I'm in Spain. That's why you go. I'm in Spain. I say I'm not where you are. That's for sure. That's for
2: sure. Uh, and then EST and so finding times for everyone to record was very hard because we're all juggling some people are working full-time jobs nine to five some people a lot of people are in college and so they got classes and clubs and theater and all this stuff going on but yeah google calendar finding times to meet rescheduling times where we didn't get to meet and so on and so forth and I send in a little email every week, and it started out with "Hey gamers." It did. That's your th- what? What word am
1: I looking for? That's your your tagline. Your it's your phrase. It's your that's yeah. my signature.
0: Every time,
2: little
0: every thing. time I get an email, it starts "Hey gamers." I know it's from Grace. That's Though, me. I also know it's from Grace because it says it's from Grace. So that's just also But for an email that says it's from Grace and it doesn't start "Hey gamers," I know that it's an imposter. You know, you and, have to kill.
2: Who yeah i know that? i have
0: to hunt, hunt the fake grace down and that's them where me. they stand because that's, that's not grace <laughs> uh once we have things recorded i then download all of the audio as individual tracks so everyone's individual audio and put it into my editing program i used reaper for all of nice. season one i might shake things up we'll see i liked reaper um And I just do basic cutting while we're still in the process of recording. So tightening things, picking the takes that I like and kind of matching things up, making it so the timing is how I want it and fitting it in within the existing episode files. So that's what it looks like while we are still in the process of recording. Once we wrapped on recording... I finished cutting everything in, so everything was in the correct order, and then I had the dialogue cuts. So, just the audio. Um, wait, it's all audio. Fuck, that's not what I meant. To say. Uh-huh. No sound effects. No sound effects. No sound <laughs> effects. Uh, no just music. the just the dialogue. That's what I meant to say. It's just the dialogue. So, uh, once I had the dialogue passes finished. I still had so much work to do that instead of me listening through them, I sent them to Grace to listen through. And Claire. Did I send Claire dialogue passes? Oh, I think, did you I give those
1: to you? I think you sent me some, I think you sent me like full episodes.
0: A bit yeah, like, oh. I think I, I think only oh, right. wrote them. Claire is a listener. Yeah. It was you, Once. me, then Claire.
2: Okay, okay. Yes. yes. Yeah. So
0: it was, first it was Grace because I, you know, when you're working on a podcast, so much can go wrong. That a single person is simply not going to catch it all. And two people, in fact, are not going to catch it all. So we had to do a lot of listening and re-listening and re-listening and re-listening yeah. to try and eliminate as many problems as possible and, you know, make it as good as it could possibly be. So... I'd send the dialogue passes to Grace, Grace would give me notes, there would always be a lot of notes because I made a lot of mistakes. I don't say that to be self disparaging. I say that because <laughs> goddamn editing podcasts is really hard. It's so, hard
2: because mm-hmm. we have so many characters too. It's a lot to it's a lot of work to cut all that dialogue God. up.
0: There is the simple fact that this is an ensemble cast and I love it. It's so much fun. It is how I wrote it. And I wrote it like that on purpose and I wouldn't change it for the world. However, oh my freaking God, it is so much work to have that many audio tracks. Cause the other thing I was doing concurrently with all this was composing the music. So I composed all the music for the first season. Uh, that may not be the case for the, actually that's not true. Because after I composed the like main scoring, Soundtrack, I got permission from one of my good friends and favorite musical artists, Ari Leloya. Woo! Uh, he had released an album called Ghost Town. It's really good. Check it out. It's on Spotify and Bandcamp. Uh, and I was like, oh, this is great. I would love to use this in the show that I'm working on. It feels like the right vibe. And Ari was like, yeah, totally, because Ari's the best. So- If you hear any music that you're like, oh, this is really good. It's probably not mine. It's probably Ari's. And that one I do say to be self-disparaging. I'm proud of the music, but Ari's like fuck so hard. Ari's music is really good. Uh, That being said, I think I might bring another composer onto the team. like, Like composer of music for the show itself. Not music that exists independent of the show. For season two. So I was doing all of that at the same time. So while Grace was giving me notes on the dialogue passes, I was also putting in music to the show. And the way that I did that was by going through all of the scripts, making notes of what sound effects I wanted and what kind of music I wanted in the background. Then going back and composing music based on the notes I had given myself for what kind of music that I wanted. So even before I wrote the music, I knew I wanted like an action theme. A theme for when things get emotional, a theme for when things get awkward, things like that. I went in, I composed all the music. I had a little mini keyword. uh, And also, I know this is a really long answer, but it's just because it's such a freaking long process. Like, just to be clear, I first, I created the Google Doc for the Statue of Adventure, originally titled All the Pretty Little Horses. I opened that Google Doc for the first time July 2020 and the show was first released April
2: 2021. Yeah. So almost
0: an entire year. That is why this answer is taking so, so long (laughs) is because, and we're not even to April yet. We're in (laughs) like February right now in my answer. So I also went through and collected sound effects for the first season, since so much was happening and it was so new. I didn't do a whole lot of my own foley. I did some of my own foley, but a lot of it is sourced from public domain sound effect sources online, namely freesound.org. Uh, any sound that was not public domain, I did make sure to attribute it on the Strong Branch Productions website. Uh, but yeah, collecting sound effects was also its own thing, and then putting everything into the sound files once music and sound music and sound effects were all in the files. That is when I sent the first full episode drafts and those I sent to both Claire and Grace. Claire, you want to talk about that? Oh, I'd
1: love to. Um, yeah. So at this point when I got the full um audio files. I, I had been involved with Strong Branch for a little bit, and I had heard all about this podcast, but I hadn't listened to it. And then I finally got to listen to it, and it was so exciting. Um, So yeah, I uh, listened through everything, gave Alex back notes. It was interesting. I can talk about the, the social media side of things, but... Uh, kind of while we were starting to like get ready for release is when we started all of our social media and started our discord and got ready to kind of figure out how to how to build our little community. And here we are.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was really, really fantastic to have Claire do that because I was still so focused on just the sound editing and design portion of things. I simply did not have the bandwidth. Also, you know, working a job. um, (laughs) Because as much as I wish this was my full time job, uh, it's not, I think of it as my main job. I think of my other job as the thing I do on the side to make money, Side but, hustle. but, uh, I do. Yeah. I think of that as my side hustle. However, uh, it does take up a fair bit of time. So I simply could not be doing this on my own. And Claire is the best person in the world. So is Grace. They're tied, um, yeah. for doing so much of the legwork when it comes to social media and just things in general uh the other thing i forgot to talk about that i was doing concurrently with uh putting in sound effects and music was doing all the mixing and mastering so uh going through every single track in the show which i'd say every episode has over around around 100 tracks Yeah um and going through each one and doing that's hot Uh, (laughs) doing levels doing eq trying to take out reverb as much as i could because a lot of us a lot of people uh are college students are still college students or were when we were recording and fun fact college dorms not the best acoustics very echoey so doing my best to take out reverb one hope I have for the future of the show is getting people better sound absorption equipment, getting people some f- nice foam so we don't have all that fun echoiness that is exists in the first season. Uh, but hey, you know, we'll see how we do on Patreon and maybe if we make, if we make enough money, then we won't have so many echoes. We can get new
2: mics for all our little babies out there. We could. Yes. We could get some nice mics for everybody. Yeah. Some mics, some phone. That would be that, fantastic. That would be hot, you guys. That would be, be hot. Sexy, <laughs> yeah. sexy
0: microphones. Yeah. So you should support um, us on uh, Patreon if you want to. And also, the fun part, the not as fun part is trying to make everyone sound better. The fun part is making people sound worse. And by that, <laughs> I mean... What I got to add really silly voice effects to people and make someone a robot or make someone... Uh, what did I make someone who's nuts and wasn't a robot? Uh, be in a black hole or be in an echoey chamber of a, a spaceship or talking on walkie-talkies. Like all of those fun voice effects uh, was one of my favorite things to play around with. I remember the day that I finally finalized what exactly Scott Bots voice effects were going to be. And I texted yes. Wesley because I was so excited. I was like, I know what Scott sounds like and you sound so good. And they were like, can I hear it? And I was like, absolutely not. You have to wait like everyone you plebeian. Uh, but I was super excited about that. So that was all happening concurrently. And then once I had everybody's notes and I put it all in and I had the final MP3 files I would then have Noah, my partner, listen to the final MP3 files because he was not as involved in the process. So it was really getting a pair of fresh ears to listen to it from, you know, the last time he had seen the show, it was in, it was the drafts of the scripts. And then he was listening to the files again. And those were also some really useful notes. After final notes from Noah, final listen, the MP3 was then ready to be uploaded, and for this first season, we used Anchor for distribution. I'd use the scheduling feature, so everything would be scheduled, and uh, then, then, then it was released. I feel like there's something else. Claire, do you want to talk a little bit about the process of promotion? Because concurrently with all that, we were also doing press releases and uh, contacting people, trying to get the word out because it was such a big undertaking. We wanted people to hear about it. Do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Hell yeah, I'd love to. Uh, yeah, so kind of on my end, I'm in charge of like helping all of the little baby episodes go out into the big world and thrive and be successful um so behind the scenes that looks like obviously like posting on social media and making graphics and trying to build a community of like not only followers but also like friends and people who we uh, can collaborate with and people who like we want to hang out with which discord has been really useful for um but also uh like alex alex mentioned we started off with doing a lot of uh Press releases. I've done a lot of random things in my life. One of those is writing press releases for whatever reason. Uh, so
0: we, re- we really lucked out in <laughs> in getting you on board. That we were like, ah, how we we don't know how to promote a show. And then I mentioned it to Claire, and Claire was like, oh yeah, I do that. <laughs> and I was like, you, you Claire, do.
2: We have five. We just hit five hundred followers on Twitter. Yeah, Claire. <laughs> Um, which is insane that's so cool that's i like my
1: brain cannot process that number uh thank you oh my god um that that th- this is me not uh not processing that.
0: No, <laughs> yeah, to Like whenever I have any kind of success, I kind of just assume like, oh, it's probably like my mom's friends or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I that's 500, have 500 friends, and yeah, my mom doesn't have five hundred friends either. So that means that people actually listen to the show, and Claire has done a great job of ensuring that. So that's amazing, ah, and well, i I'm, I'm so happy about that.
1: Well, luckily,
0: I have a great show to promote, so it's super easy. Oh, uh-huh. so, uh-huh. you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I kid you not, the moment you said that, I was super confused. I was like, what show are you talking about? Are you promoting a different show? <laughs> That's why we're promoting... was my genuine reaction was, wait, who else are you working for? I'm so confused.
2: <laughs> That's why we're promoting The Simpsons. Tune yes. in to yes. Simpsons. I'm a double agent. A little-known show. <laughs> <laughs> kind of under the radar
0: yeah (laughs) Uh, grace do you want to talk at all about the creative process on your end as an actor specifically (gasps) the protagonist oh my
2: god yeah it was recording the show was definitely i think the highlight of it all because it is all of us like all together goofing off reading our lines a lot of improv josie ross especially Alex said free reign to her, and she went insane and did so many fun little things that made me giggle and doo doo my pants. Um, so that there, was really there
0: were we've made a lot of jokes about uh doo doing one's pants, yes. I do want to say that there were a lot of close calls during recording with Josie Ross it's that true. someone was going to. Piss on the floor. Yeah. Uh, It happened many times. Not that someone actually pissed on the floor, but it happened many times that uh, we simply had to stop recording because Josie Ross ran out of the room. Someone was going (laughs) to (laughs) blow. Josie Ross did run out of the room in the middle of the scene because she was going to. She's going to piss.
2: That's in the bloopers. You can hear Josie's little feet running out of my dorm room going, I'm going to (laughs) piss. So that was a joy. And Alex, fantastic director to work with. Uh, so oh, that was you. super fun. And yeah, overall, just a joy to work with the cast and the crew. And it was a super fun time. And it was really fun to adapt to voice acting. Because this is my first... Um, one of my first like voice acting things. I did like a radio play for my college a little bit before this. But this was my first real... Dive into that, and I've always wanted to voice act for a podcast because I've been listening to narrative podcasts for so long. So now I'm actually in one, and it's so exciting. And Alex and Claire are just making my little dreams come true.
0: Oh,
2: hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're you're a little oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, well, it's sweet, Grace. That's cute. No, <laughs> seriously, I'm I I mean, the same same is true of me with both of you all. I actually wrote my first narrative podcast when I was 15 years old. Baby. It it was really bad and (laughs) it was never produced and should never, rightly so, because it was very bad. It was uh, basically glorified not even glorified, not unglorified Doctor Who fanfiction. It was basically Doctor Who fanfiction. Oh my God, um, yes. That I had been inspired to write in the form of a podcast because I was in the middle of my Welcome to Night hyperfixation because come on, who wasn't? Mm-hmm. It was, what, the summer of 2014, of course. Summer of
2: 14. Ugh, summer I, 14. I remember those oh. days.
0: <laughs> so actually, I must have been... Summer of 14, I must have been older than... I can't do math. It's whatever. 16. I was. I was. T- I was sixteen. I was sixteen. Yeah. Um. So this has also been a dream of mine for a long time to be working on a podcast with a group of people that I love so much. That was. That was the other thing. Is I've done so much of my writing just you know on my own, which it has its merits. But being able to work with people who are so kind and committed and and all around. Lovely, always willing to mess around, get crazy, get a little messy, get a little funky, get a little wild, clown, get floor. a little hot and sexy. You oh. Know. <laughs> oh,
2: oh, 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 <laughs> did you I said down to clown and you said,
0: that's hot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it is, it is, what can I say? Uh, it's something that I have wanted for my entire life and I'm very thankful to have it. And, and we're, doing it. It. we're doing
1: it. We're doing it. yeah, I think it really like just speaks to like what we're creating in us as a community that like we're we say say this all the time that we're friends first and collab- collaborators second. You know, like yes. we are able to hopefully like create a community and connect with people because we have such a good connection with each other which is great uh also i feel like at this point i should mention i've never met grace griego in person
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. which is wild
1: that's bananas absolutely wild um but yes uh, and that'll
2: change soon folks so get oh, ready
0: yeah just you wait just you wait <laughs> uh but I, we've had so many discussions about like I mean, obviously things we love about the arts or we wouldn't be involved in them, but also things about the arts world that Mm -hmm. we really struggle with and take issue with. I think I especially kind of came across that in college, being a theater major in college. Um, Yes, cringe, I know. Uh, (laughs) No, no, no. But you're kind of getting... You're cringe! Uh, (laughs) We're all cringe. (laughs) Getting this this disillusionment that came with realizing like, oh, this is what like theater makers are supposed to do. Yeah. Um, and like, like getting so, so academic about things and competitive about things. And it just and and you know, I I thought I wanted to go into film, so I I studied film and I did an internship in LA and I just I was like, "Oh my God, why is it that if we all came here to just make fun things, why is everyone so mean? Like that was just my very basic discovery is like, why are people not nice to each other? And also a variety of other things that I took issue with just in the industry in, in the industry mm-hmm. in general, and we've had many discussions about that and discussions yeah. about the ways that we intend to fight that and to kind of be a counterpoint to that. So yeah, very proud of us for that. Yeah, hey, I'm
1: proud of us too. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, long answer, but there you have it, Arlie. There you go. Next question. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Amazing. All right. Um, I love this question. Also from Arlie. Um, are there or will there be any arrow or ace characters on the crew or in the, in the, <gasps> the podcast?
0: <laughs> oh, fantastic question. Right? uh Arlie, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there are a lot of ace people in strong Branch productions yeah baby. so oh yeah oh yeah uh I myself am on the ace spectrum um i don't i don't wanna <laughs> anyone right now um so I, I can jump in. <laughs>
1: I think that- only if you want to. No, I, just, I wasn't. I, I was fine with you introducing me, me as Ace. I just wasn't the sure which was way you were Trey. This was so go.
2: funny. Alex said, "I'm Ace." Um, um,
0: yeah. there are others who might chime in. Oh. No, I just, I just felt like it would be weird for me to like announce it for you. Yeah, Claire. Yeah, Claire, go ahead.
1: I'll cut this part out. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm also uh, on the ace spectrum, because, um, hell yeah. Woo. We are, uh, uh, we, we can talk a lot about this, but we are a very queer-led company. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and representation and uh, centering queer voices is something that we put a lot of emphasis on and thought into, so... Definitely something that I have a plan for. The first season really was so much about setting up the show, setting up who the characters are, all of that, that delving into things like sexuality and romance was simply not something that there was room for. However, I have plans for a lot of queerness, and yes, specifically Ace and Aero characters. So thank you for that question. The answer is 100% yes. That's something I am super excited about.
2: So listen in, baby.
0: So Tune so have in. a listen. You'll see. Hell yeah.
1: Uh, I will also say, kind of across the board with all of our podcasts, obviously we want to be very like inclusive, and we uh, include a lot of queerness. I think in all of our projects. Um, but specifically our, it, for Arrow and Ace characters, uh, I, I can say future projects will definitely have some. And also, if you listen to to Frogman, uh, I, I play a character who who gets a little Ace. Gets a little ace to his ace. Just a little bit of ace
0: action. Asexuality. Yeah. Uh, I I think it is impossible for me as a writer to write any piece of fiction where there is not at least one ace character. Mm -hmm. That's against the law uh, if you don't do that. It really is. When I I do that, if I ever do that, little sirens start going off. They say, these characters are having too much allosexual sex. I was going to say too much sex. And then I was like, well, ace characters can still have sex. That These characters true. are too allosexual mm-hmm. and you need to change it. God damn it. And I do. I do every and time.
1: We got it, Amazing. baby. Okay. I love this next question. Stella's dad being from Schenketegh caught my attention. I loved the book Misty of Schenketegh when I was a child. I even had the Briar model horse of Misty. I also had those Briar Model. They were really
0: oh my god out. you did in I a way did. I did.
1: who asked <laughs> this question well funny you ask grace it's not over yet but i will tell you <laughs> oh my god um however it is a pretty old book did you read the book or did you hear about shink another way if you read the book who introduced you to it and this is from uh, Karen Griega. <gasps> oh Grace my God. Mom. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Karen. Karen. That's so funny. I was all wow, Please. this kind of gives me mom vibes. It's my mom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's really funny that you didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> no, my I mom didn't tell me she question?
2: submitted any questions. That's so funny. That's
0: so funny. Yeah. Um, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Grace's mom. I feel like I'm at a sleepover. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mrs. Thanks, Mrs. Griego. Thank you, Mrs. Griego. <laughs> um, good question. The answer is actually no. I did not read the book. However. The reason that I thought about Chincoteague was because when I was in seventh grade, it was a big deal at my school. I went to a school in Virginia. I grew up in uh, Charlotte, Virginia, as well as Claire. Uh, We went to the same middle and high school. And it was a big deal in seventh grade that if you wrote an essay about... The uh, Chesapeake Bay, or so, it was something environmental, then you got to go on this field trip to Wallops Island and to the uh, like naval base on Wallops Island and study marine biology there for four days. And as like the kind of fun thing to like reward the kids for doing yeah, four days of like ocean, four days of like running around in the mud and finding fish which is really not something you that's its own reward honestly um though i remember there was like this big mud pit that everyone was running around in and i was having a great time but i was also so afraid i was gonna find a dead body i was like (laughs) i swear my next step is going to be on someone's cold dead hand as you can see i was a really fun 12 year old to hang out with um (laughs) But as the, like, reward, the, okay, it's the end of the trip, we had fun kids, we went to Chincoteague. And I remember, like, learning a lot about it and learning about, like, how the horses were famous and about that book specifically and how that was, like, the 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 way that, like, other people knew about Chincoteague and the horses and all of that. Um, and... I don't know what about it I just thought was really cool like this island that was famous for horses I don't know it just it just seemed interesting to me and and it just came when I was like what do I want to write about because the show started as a playwriting assignment in college and then I you know revived it to be a podcast when I was writing this playwriting assignment I was like okay I just need something that this character's dad wrote a book about and then I remembered, like, oh, remember that time I went to that island full of horses? Yeah, that's cool. That could be a book. And that's what I picked. And yeah. then I just kind of ran with it.
2: Yeah, I, I love can't that. believe Claire and my mom had the same little horse figures growing up.
1: <laughs> I have, I have a confession. I used to be a horse girl. <gasps>
2: uh- <laughs> oh, my oh my god!
0: Deep duck secrets.
1: Horse oh no. <laughs> <The first time laughs> girl over here. Um, definitely former. I don't have anything horse-related tattooed on my body forever.
0: Uh, <laughs> that, that makes it sound you like
1: you
2: did. <laughs> that makes it sound like you did, and you had it removed. <laughs> <laughs> a tramp stamp that of no. like spirit. Oh God, no comment. That movie <laughs> fucks spirit. No spirit
0: fucks. That movie um, fucks. I really love that you were once a horse girl, but now you are neither a horse nor a girl. Nor a girl.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That feels like an accomplishment
2: to me. I don't know why. It just that's, yeah. that's growth. That, that
0: is growth. That's, that's coming into adulthood.
2: Yeah. Wait, that's also the character of Captain. Neither a uh, wait,
0: well, wait. Captain no, is horse. literally a horse.
2: Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what?
0: <laughs> I was all, <laughs> Captain, the famously
2: horse character is yes. not a horse nor a girl, but is in fact a horse. The character
0: who we often refer to as the horse. horse. <laughs>
2: My brain said cinematic parallels.
1: Uh, That's the big (laughs) twist. The horse, or the the horse, the captain is
0: not a horse. It it was not a horse the whole time. The
2: captain's a donkey.
0: (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) That would be a. I wish I came up with that. That would be a great plot twist that I did not think of.
1: That's why they Uh, have such a weird relationship with their parents. They're actually a donkey. (laughs) (laughs) Wow,
0: it all
2: comes together.
0: That would be a really funny episode if they don't know they're adopted and their parents are like, uh, we have something to tell you. You are not. (laughs) He haw bitch. What does that mean? It means you're a donkey, idiot. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah.
0: If they're like, you're adopted, and they're like, what are you talking about? No, I'm not. And they're like, you're literally a donkey. And they're like, wait a minute. We, we look at us. We are horses, and you are a donkey. Oh.
1: Oh my goodness!
0: That's how I feel about my relationship with my parents. Yes, they—they <laughs> they are horses, I'm and I am—I'm a donkey at best, honestly.
2: You are so I, good. Much thing more we than love donkey. donkeys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> two, two, two different answers coming from the both of you. Two very different responses. I do be loving donkeys.
0: They're cool. They're cool guys. I, Mule days. I could be. I could be same. on par with Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who yeah. wouldn't want that? It's true. All right. dream? Hit us. Hit us with the next question. Let's do it. All right.
1: Question from Emma. Did you record synchronously or asynchronously or a mix?
0: Lovely. Uh it is a mix. I think yeah. that it is most fun to record synchronously. A because uh the I I really like Okay, I'm going to start my answer over because I have too many answers coming out of my mouth at once. Uh, My theory as a director is it is most fun when you give the actors as much control as possible and as much freedom as possible. And especially since there are so many improv actors in this particular group and improv comedians... I wanted to give them as much time and space to play as possible. So, we tried as hard as we could to record everything synchronously like we were, you know, rehearsing a play remotely. Um there were times when people couldn't make it. There were times when people had conflicts or like if one person has one scene in a, or a one line in a larger scene, chances are it just doesn't make sense to call them to like a two hour recording session, just to say one line. Occasionally we did do that and I felt really guilty about it later. Uh, So if one person has one line, chances are that line was not recorded with the rest of them. Uh, But for the most part, we try to record everything with everyone together so that we yeah. could actually have people playing off of each other it's also just more fun that way and like what is the point of doing this if not to just have a good old time i would
2: say like 90 percent was synchronous we tried really hard to get everybody in it and that was my job that was my producing job was getting spain time zone eastern time zone pacific time zone and finding times where we could all vibe and for the most part yeah We tried to get it all synchronous.
0: And I did not envy grace that job at all. You did a really good job of corralling us all into recording sessions at the same time.
1: Thank you. All right. Are we ready for drum roll? That was probably really annoyingly loud. The final question. That's okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. All right. This is from Oase. Oh, my God. Um, Oh my god, highways. hi, Hi. Hi. <laughs> Why did you choose to have Mel and Stella's boyfriend actually exist, but then be killed off minutes after the simulation ended? Why weren't they just part of the simulation like everyone else?
0: Um, that's a really good question. It's one of those decisions that you sometimes make in writing where you don't do it consciously, you just do it because it feels right. Uh... The main thing is I wanted to delve into the philosophical difference between having a close relationship with someone who in fact never existed and having a close relationship with someone who did exist and then died. Because that's one of the things that you know Baz and Stella talk about a little bit in the show. Uh, But now that we have this revelation at the end of the first season that there is a possibility that Mel and Dan can be revived, that is also something that I wanted to have... Uh, be a possibility from the beginning of the show, so that's also part of the reason. But also, there's this question that we're going to get into that is, well, if life doesn't exist as we in our reality know it and people can be revived from the dead but it's only their you know neural construct, only a simulation of their brain and not the actual person, what does that mean? Does that mean that that person is... Now, have they become part of the simulation if they do choose to revive them just based on, you know, the construct of their brain? <laughs> what does it mean to exist as a person? What is life, if not just the electric firings between neurons, <laughs> you know? What does any of it mean? What does it all mean?
2: Do robots dream of electric sheep?
0: Do, do they? they find
2: out. Um. <laughs>
1: Season
0: two to find out. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying trying to think of like a more concise way to answer the question. So part, part of it is the simple plot reason that I knew I wanted to, um, well, a, explore those relationships more in the form of flashbacks and see what those relationships were like. And I felt like if they were not real people and they were simply part of the simulation, that would be different. Because I think there is a different feeling to looking at Stella's relationship with her simulation father versus looking at Stella's relationship with people who actually existed and then died. But also because uh, I think that the tragedy on Stella's end is very different if, oh, it's just nothing ever existed and now I'm alone, as opposed to nothing ever existed except for these people. These people could have been with me and they're gone. I think it's a different thing. But again, this is all me kind of reflecting on it you know, a year after writing it, it was more of an instinct that I had while putting the words on the page as opposed to a conscious decision. But I think that's why I chose to do it now that I'm kind of deconstructing everything in my head. All right. Long answer. There you have it.
1: I love it. What a a question. What an answer to end on. Perfect. Um, Well, if it's all right with
0: y'all, I actually have a question that I didn't want to submit in the form because that oh felt God. a little weird. But oh I have God. a question for the two of you. Yeah. What? what is it? I want to know if the two of you have any headcanons for the show <laughs> that you have not told me.
2: Ooh. Ooh. Well. <laughs> um I think that feed and puppet have smooched at one point (laughs) (laughs) that was a big build-up for
0: (laughs) you know what it was worth it it was worth every second yeah yeah
2: i don't know if they talk about it i don't know if it was romantic it might have just been a platonic smooching i don't know uh that's for them to decide but that's my headcanon absolutely
0: That's that's a good one that's a good one
1: I think I have a similar one I think there's a little something going on with Baz and Stella yeah I think oh my <laughs> oh goodness my God. oh my goodness I don't know um also jaundice is a serial arsonist and has a very dark past where yes! he uh just set a shit ton of fires
0: yeah, let's really get into the gritty backstory behind jaundice. Oh, jaundice I started yeah. the
2: fire. <laughs> I would keep streaming but
1: I think we get in trouble.
2: Yeah, no, that was
1: it.
0: Yeah, we it's for so for le- for legal reasons. Billy Joel is going so to much like Billy personally be mad. yeah exactly he would get pissed because you were gonna sing it better than he did and (laughs) Mm -hmm. he knows it he knows it
2: Mm -hmm. That little stinker so just a note for all
0: our listeners please do not send this to billy joel he will get really insecure don't and we just can't have that we here at strong Range productions our motto is we must protect billy joel's feelings at all costs
2: always friends first collaborators second but also protect little Billy. But also,
0: little Billy needs our help. <laughs> <laughs> little
2: Billy needs help. He
0: needs Come on, he's a piano man.
2: <laughs> he's a little piano. He's
0: very delicate emotionally. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. And on that note, that feels like a good place to wrap things up. Perfect. Amazing. Uh, Claire, thank you so much for hosting this oh, and for you, uh, being the question collector and the question asker and uh just being a a fantastic a public relations manager
2: thank
1: you yeah. oh my goodness um it's it's all i've ever wanted to be uh collecting these questions and and asking you um i have i have so many questions always at all times <laughs> i perpetually confused yeah um, well, y'all are amazing. Uh, when when I say y'all, I refer to Alex and Grace, and of course the our lovely listener. little audience. Yeah, to you, you personally, we we love you, and that's a promise and a threat. Um, woo! Oh, woo! <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, get ready for Stench Season Two coming 2022. Yeah, baby. It's yeah. gonna be it sure
0: lit. Is. It's
1: gonna be great.
0: Lit with the fires of arson.
1: Yeah. By jaundice. Yeah. By jaundice
0: specifically.
1: (laughs) Perfect. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Have a nice day, night, whatever.
0: Bye. Goodbye. Bye. So, where are we now? For one thing, when we recorded that, we had 500 followers on Twitter. We now have 1,000 followers on Twitter. More than that, actually. Our community has grown in a big way. And with that, our company has also grown, not just in size, but in terms of our beliefs. We've matured as a company. We actually now have a strong branch manifesto posted on our website to get at our core values. But also our company has grown in size. We auditioned new actors and we added a lot of people to our actor database so we can work with them in the future. I also mentioned in the Q&A how I want to approach music and Foley differently in the future of the show. Well, we did end up hiring another composer, Rani Komtakar. She has done an amazing job working on the Season 2 soundtrack, and I am so thrilled to have her on board. Also, I did do a ton of my own foley for this season, which was super fun since it opened up a whole new avenue of creativity for me. But I can't really tell you about all the sounds I made because you haven't heard a lot of them yet. And lastly, we made some money. Thanks to our patrons and all the contributors to our Season 2 crowdfunding campaign, we were able to buy new mics and sound equipment for everyone who needed it, and pay all our actors, and pay for the music, and pay to commission awesome character art by Daryl Colosi. Thank you so much to everyone who contributed, and also just thank you for listening. We hope you'll stick with us. We are so happy to have you here. Seriously, genuinely, thank you from all of us at strong